Hey, this is Rich. It's Wednesday the 15th, and this is Cockatrice Nuggets. Hello, Rich. It's Colin Green, a.k.a. Spike Pit here, calling in. I've been listening to your recent podcast, been really enjoying them. In particular, having somebody else who is quite involved with 5e makes an interesting contrast with some of the other OSR guys. I... Um, find it interesting to hear about how you're using technology at the table and in particular some of your thoughts on D&D Beyond etc so yeah keep up the good work mate oh yeah the other thing I was going to say your plot hooks with the D4 sort of expiration period I thought was really interesting as well because you can end up with hooks kicking around for an unreasonable amount of time otherwise Anyway, keep up the good work and I'll uh, look forward to what you've got coming up. Bye then. Thanks for the nice words, Colin. It's good to hear from you. Um, Yeah, I'm really into 5e. I'm glad I started playing it. It really reminds me of the older editions. Um, And it really brings my my OSR heart out, right? Um, I I think I'd love to play some OSR, but I don't have the time, nor do I have the people around me to do it yet. Um, But I'd like to get into some of that. Uh, I'd really like to touch into some DCC. That, uh, that looks like uh, OSR with tasty new mechanics. Um, 21st century technology. Um, yeah, I think I'd like to talk a, a little bit about um, about the, the OSR-ness of 5e. Um, it's, I, I mean, it's a new system. There's no doubt about that. But it's very simple. It's very rules light um, as far as D&D goes, right? Um, this is not basic D&D from the 70s, um, nor is it second edition D&D with uh, all of its rules and piles of books. They, they are doing really good at keeping things pretty tidy. Um, and as a player, you only need one book to play. Uh, some of the best classes are still in the player's handbook. I think um, that there are some things that I don't like about the, the rules lightness of it. They... They want rulings, not rules, is their idea. Um, but they're a little vague on things. So I think if you're going to mention it in a rule book, it needs to be concrete, right? Um, this ability does this. It can do this and this, but not this. Uh, I would rather not that not be left up to the, the judge or the DM. Uh, because that kind of, like, it, it fosters resentments. Um... I had a player who was constantly pushing, right? Pushing and pushing and pushing, always pushing the bounds. Well, the rules say this, and you could look at it like this. Um, and I would have to constantly shut him down. Um, well, if we're going to play that way, then, you know, I can use that rule too, right? And this is what it's going to turn into. Um, the, the the concrete example I have, right? Um, and this was um, all of my players were very interested in uh, Liam and Steiny Hut. Uh, the spell says that you and anything that you have can go freely back and forth within the hut. Um, so they wanted to shoot arrows out of the hut, right? It says, it literally says anything, you and all your possessions, right? And the arrow is still your possession, even after it leaves the bow, um, can pass through the hut. And I told them, I said, well, we can do that. You can definitely do that. I will allow you to do that. But the problem is, that is a low-level magic user spell. And any group 
that has access to that level of a magic user, I think it's a fifth level magic user, maybe lower, um, they're always going to cast that spell. And you are always going to walk around the corner and there is always going to be a Liam and Tiny Hut and they're going to pepper the shit out of you. And you're going to have to wait for eight hours for every encounter. So they agreed. <laughs> um, some things aren't so cut and dry, right? Uh, the illusion that there's another good contrast, um, uh, concrete example. Um, the, the, the first level spell, uh, or no, not even that, the cantrip. Um, I can't remember what the illusion cantrip is. It, maybe it's minor illusion. It may be. Um, creating darkness with minor illusion, right? This is darkness is a second level spell, I believe. Minor illusion is a cantrip. Basically, you can use minor illusion to show darkness, right? Um, minor illusion says you can do, um, I, I think it's one of the senses, right? Not touch. Um, I think it's uh, sight, smell, or sound. So, right? And darkness doesn't make a sound, right? Darkness doesn't move. So, this is, you're basically duplicating the spell, right? And I ruled that it, it says when they interact with it, right? Meaning the illusion, not the darkness. Um, they would get a save, right? They would automatically get a saving throw. So, that it was argued that, you know, well, you can't interact with the darkness, right? But you can interact with the illusion. Um, I, I have since heard um, someone talk about illusions. I think it was uh, DBJ on YouTube. Um, in fact, it was. Um, and a, a good rule of thumb for him was it can't create an effect of a higher level spell, right? So um, eventually the, the players caved to my ruling because I, I just wasn't going to let it fly. But now I feel like I have even more ammo in my, I don't know, in my quiver, I guess, if I'm shooting my players, um, to, to, I have even more evidence in my corner to, you know, explain why this shouldn't work. Um, but aside from all that, you know, 5e is very modular. It's, it's very easy to rip something out of another game and just slap it right onto 5e. Um, in fact, that's what the Dungeon Master's Guide is. Uh, I, if I was recommending someone to get into D&D and they wanted to buy the books, I would say definitely get the player's handbook. Maybe get the monster manual. You're probably not going to need it um, until the characters are at least level five. Um, and even then, you could probably get away with, you know, making up your own shit. Um, and don't buy the DMG. Like, the, the Dungeon Master's Guide doesn't have any really good advice in it for being a DM. Um, it's got the player types in it, which is all right for building adventures for your party. Uh, but then it's just packed full of rules, right? There's I, magic items. That's the one thing that you might want out of there, right? If you had no idea what a magic item was, and, you know, didn't have, didn't have yet have the concept of a plus one sword, um, then that might be something that you would want. But the DMG is full of just these these parts, right? It's just these little pieces that you go, well, yeah, I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to plug that in and see what happens. Uh, no, I don't like this one. I'm going to leave this one out. Um, even in the player's handbook, feats are optional. The, and, and that's like an adventures league standard. This is the standard way to play D and D. Um, and it's an optional rule. You can just rip that out. And it, the game works fine. Um, there's so many little things in the game that you can just drop out and it, the game will still continue to function. Um, that's its modularity right? 
And I think that was a big thing that I liked with the OSR, right? There wasn't much there. What Whatever I wanted, I had to build onto, right? So um, hex crawls are very popular right now. Very, 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 very popular right now. Um, and I, I love hex crawls, you know? That's, uh, that's my, my ultimate way of playing, right? The, these these uh, dungeon di- delving hex crawls. Um, uh, I, I reminisce in the way that I think of D&D, and this is the way it was played back then. It's not necessarily the way we played, but it's the way it was played back then when I was a kid. Um, I, I, I grew up and I became a story gamer. Uh, Colin, you also mentioned that on your podcast. Uh, story gamer versus OSR. That's uh, The way I see it is story gamer plays a game where the rules foster storytelling. OSR plays a game where there are no rules to get in the way of the storytelling. So, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. I think uh, that if we uh, met in the middle and all played some 5e, everyone would get along. Uh, so anyway, so there are things missing from 5e, right? Overland travel, it, it's it's ridiculous. There's, there's nothing there. Like, it's, I've got movement rates. I've got random encounters, but random encounters don't do anything in 5e, right? This is the problem. Um, it's, it's really hard to sustain damage in 5e. Uh, to give you an example, in my campaign, they are level 3 right now. We're using a variant on uh, the, the, the longer resting. Um, the way it works is, I don't know if I've explained this before, um, Short rest and long rest function as normal except when it comes to healing. Um, for healing, um, a short rest, you don't gain anything. Uh, a long rest, you would gain the benefit, your normal benefits of a short rest, right? So you could get uh, uh, song arrest in there, you could spend hit dice, uh, but that's it. Um, and to, to get the resting equivalent, uh, the healing equivalent of a long rest, to get your hit dice back and everything back, be completely healed, have those temporary hit points. Um, Temporary hit point reductions removed, that kind of stuff. Seven days in bed. That's it. That's all you get, you know? That's, uh, and still, they're going into every single encounter with full health. Um, I am finding other ways to tax them. Uh, in my last game, I, I wiped out all their resources in one battle. Um, I, I t- tend to play that way. Uh, I don't have, I, the, the six to ten adventure days, uh, and I'm using air quotes there because that's what it says in the Dungeon Master's Guide, but that's not what the designers say they had in mind necessarily. So, I don't know. That kind of falls on the other side. That's kind of weird. Whatever. Um, the six to eight adventures or uh, encounters in an adventuring day, I don't have time for that, right? I can't do six encounters in a five-hour session. Uh, and I want to wrap this shit up. I mean, I'm okay with plots fading into each other, right? With big arcs and stuff. But I do not want, um, you know, one adventure to take three sessions. Um, that's just the way this campaign's designed, right? Um, once the players start engaging more, they might be stretching it out more than three sessions. But I am not having any luck getting my players engaged yet. Uh, engage is the wrong word. Getting my players uh, self-motivated, right? Um, this last session was the closest I've come to having them self-motivated. 
uh, they all picked up on something in the news and they were like, hey, we should check that shit out. Um, but then I gave them something more important in their eyes, uh, which is uh, unfortunate because I was kind of excited to, kind of excited, kind of nervous to go off in that, that left field space, right? That, that spot that I don't have anything prepared for. I've got an idea. I've got a nugget in my head of what's going on. Now let's play it out to its conclusion, right? I've got some tables here. Let's roll some dice and see what happens. Um, it's another thing I like about 5e, right? Um, I like random tables, right? And it's a very OSR thing. I like I like to play to see what happens, right? That's a, that's a dungeon world saying. I like emergent story, right? And that's what my campaign right now is really, really focused upon. Um, little things are starting to come out. Little stories are starting to develop. Little threads are, are building up, right? I, I've got characters coming into their personalities, right? They're learning things about themselves. And uh, I want to continue that. And I want to foster that. And I want it to eventually get them to the point where they're like, this is what I want to do? Let's go do it, right? I want I want goals. Um, and I think uh, that's, that is a very OSR thing, right? You... We, we played our characters and hopefully they didn't die. And if they got to fifth level, you started thinking about the big picture. You started thinking about, well, I, can, I need to get think about getting castles so I can get some henchmen, right? I can get some, some meaty henchmen, not these uh, zero-level NPC henchmen, not these torchbearers and treasure carriers, um, but some guys that throw into combat. You know, I could get an army. Uh, that was the stuff we kind of thought about, big picture, right? Uh, and, I, and I'm hoping that the environment that I'm setting forth is going to foster that. Um, back to travel, right? That's that's what I'm working on this week. I'm trying to come up with a good travel solution. Um, who was talking about it? Someone was talking about it. Using travel um, as a skill check. Uh, I know... Goodness. Who was it? I, I, I know that... Uh, Matt Coville talked a little bit about it. Uh, somebody else talked about it too, and they were talking about uh, using a skill check, you know. And uh, at at the end of the set, at the end of however many rolls, right? You either pass or fail. If you pass, then nothing happens. You're all good. If you fail, I'm going to have three fail states. I think I'm going to have um, exhaustion, exhaustion, in, or I think I'm going to have an encounter, exhaustion and a hard encounter. So I, I don't know how that's going to work out. I might have exhaustion with an encounter, right? Um, if I have exhaustion first, whatever it is, it's going to stack on each other. So I think I'll have exhaustion, exhaustion with an encounter, exhaustion with a hard encounter, right? Or um, I don't know, maybe there's no encounter, right? Maybe I have a table that rolls and your results are random, right? So if you get three fails, right? which would fail the skill challenge, uh, generally speaking, then you would... Sorry, I'm trying to merge here. Um, three fails uh, would mean you roll three times on the table, right? One fail means you roll one time. So you could maybe get one exhaustion. Uh, you could get an encounter. Maybe on a super high roll, get um, two exhaustion. And then the more times you roll, the more times you collect these things, right? And then um, one encounter plus another encounter equals a really hard encounter, plus a third encounter equals a deadly encounter, right? Um, so, yeah, this could be very interesting. And I mean, the, the encounter could be avoided. 
all honesty. A hard encounter, an encounter with a red, ancient red dragon can be avoided if you play your cards right. Um, which, uh, why, why the hell would a red dragon just want to randomly murder some people, right? Uh, uh, I don't know, a steak better than human? Uh, or elf? <laughs> Something I'll have to look into, right? Uh, my giant say halflings are tasty. So, that's my goal this week, is to... <laughs> what's left of it, right? Oh, I got two days. Um, that, and I need to start sitting in front of my computer and roll up some adventures. Uh, I had uh, had some distractions yesterday, so I didn't get a chance to get onto it, and my tablet was dead, so I couldn't do it from my couch. Um, I hate pulling my laptop out on the couch because it feels like I need my mouse, and I need my mouse pad, and then I need a table, and it gets all crazy. Um, but with my tablet, I can kind of fake my way through it, even though I hate OneNote on the tablet, um, but I'm a big user of OneNote. Um, I've been uh, moving to creating my things in Google Sheets, and then um, pasting those into OneNote later once I can make a table. Um, you can't make tables on OneNote for Android for some reason. I don't know why. Um, it's just one of those things, I guess. Um, yeah, so I've started a GM binder. Uh, if I think about it, I will, uh, next time I go to it, I will put a link up in the description. Um, and that's where we can find, where you can find my homebrew rules. Um, I think I've got three in there right now, and uh, I'm starting to add to it, just so I have a record of it, and the players know. Um, it's something from my OneNote also, but this looks a little better uh, for player viewing, and plus, uh, I, in OneNote, it's more notes and tweaking and stuff, so, uh, yeah. I think that's all the nuggets I got today. See you later.